All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Hello, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we are here this week to go pretty new with it, a movie that just came out last year. We're going to be talking The Deep House, uh, which I just happened to kind of stumble upon watching something else on Paramount. It was like, hey, you <laughs> showed me the trailer. And so we decided to, to give it a shot. I actually... When I read the description, I thought the movie was going to be like in French, not just that it like took place in France. Mm-hmm. So I was I was like, I, I, like, if you go back and you look at our Instagram post for it, like I hashtagged it in French because I was like, oh, yeah. This is a <laughs> <French movie." laughs> well, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, playing it up to to the audience. Well, you know, it's it's always risky to like do any research into a movie like this before you watch it. You know, it's like, I don't want to go Google it and then suddenly find out everything that happens in it. Right. So I was just like, oh, I think this is French. Turns out it is not French. Um, <laughs> it does take place in France, however. And so what we But it get, is a French production. Yes. But like yeah. everyone associated with it is French. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we get here is this really ambitious colliding of worlds where you've got this idea of the the haunted house you've got this idea of this urban exploration find it's all taking place well uh, you know 85 percent of it takes place underwater there's you know some elements of satanic film mixed in here stuff like that so I mean, just to get to it, like, what did you think about the film and how well it kind of blended all these things together? I mean, did it scare you? What you got for me? So I was really excited for this when you first told me about this. And and I saw the trailer and I was like, man, this looks fantastic. Uh, because uh, growing up in uh, on a coastal city, right, uh, Miami, you know, we've got beaches like the the water scares me. Uh, especially if you go if, if you go out from the beach and you go like, you know, deep sea fishing or something like that, like it is scary, uh, you know, to think that such a large percentage, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but such a large percentage something of, absurd, of like 92 percent. Uh, yeah, that that has yet to be discovered. You know, we don't know how far down the Mariana Trench goes. Right. You know, so like this this idea that you know the the deep is terrifying is one that is uh, like pretty universal. Like this is a, a a fear that unites us all. And so when you take this like haunted house movie which is um like i think it was pretty much perfected in poltergeist i don't know that it can get any better than that right um but you take that haunted house movie which has definitely been done over and over again you know uh i mean uh, fuck we got it in insidious as well yeah you know so so it's not like there isn't new ways to approach this and you combine this with underwater horror i was like fuck this is amazing because it's 
Jaws and the Abyss and Sphere and all these like weird, like quirky underwater movies that scared me as a kid. Right. And none of it fucking delivered for me. <laughs> like not not a damn thing. And I, for, for me, I think that um, I, I kept I kept waiting for something to happen. Uh, it reminded me a lot, actually, of uh, we uh, we need to do something. Right. We, uh, was it we need to do something? We have to do something. We have to do something. I think, we have yeah. to do something. Yeah. Where I was just waiting for something to happen. Um, the interesting thing is this actually made me appreciate we have to do something a little more because <laughs> we, we we have to do something had moments where I was like, oh, fuck, that just happened. And this had none of that. And uh, at, at least for me, um, I was not scared once. I thought that the um, the few jump scares that were there were neither jumpy nor scary. And um, ultimately, I was left at the end of the movie thinking, but, but where's the rest of it? <laughs> and, 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 and I feel like there's a haunted house movie that was not explored. There's an underwater movie that was explored only because the underwater film photography is incredible. I will give it that. Uh, like, absolutely gorgeous. Like, I love the way that this was done. They didn't go for a dry for wet here. They they went for, like, a true, like, out-and-out out underwater photography. And um, I think that the twist that this movie had, where they introduce a uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie yet, maybe you shouldn't. Uh, but, but also if you're, if you want to watch this movie, um, here's the spoiler, right? Uh, there's, there's a satanic angle to this. I don't think the satanic angle is really explored very much either. Uh, so very similar to, you know, we have to do something. There's just a lot of unexplored territory here. And for a movie that clocks in at, you know, just over an hour 20, I think there's like lots of time that you can spend here. Uh, but more than anything, I think what really bummed me out here is that you have a story that's pretty much a character driven story because you have only two characters really right exploring a mood uh you know a, a setting a mood and you had some of the most atrocious writing ever this dialogue was so wooden it was so like some of the things they even said like in response to one another i wondered if it was like a lost in translation thing where this was penned in french and then translated into english and and that. something something was lost there uh, because it, it reminded me almost of the room where like someone says something <laughs> and then like, oh, the hi, Mark, <laughs> the, the call and response just makes no sense. Like no human being behaves this way, you know? So like the, the response is sometimes I was like, but, but what, like, how did you get that? And, and then also like the, the twist, it just, I mean, we'll get to story, but I mean, who didn't see this coming from like um, like 20 nautical miles away? You know, um, 
I don't know. I, I was really, really disappointed with this and yet flabbergasted at the incredible cinematography that's going on here from a technical aspect. I, I, I was like, wow, this is great. But literally every other aspect, I was so let down. Uh, we have um, our number one fan, Frank Kowalski. Uh, coming in early saying this movie took place underwater yet was so incredibly dry. Um, I am with you on that one, Frank. Yeah. Uh, so what, what about you, Daniel? What would you, well, uh, to the listener out there, buckle up because, um, you are probably about to come across the first episode where we are vastly, vastly different. Ah, okay. Good. I, I'm glad. I thought that this was incredibly well done and while i'm not going to disagree with you about the acting and the dialogue and and you know we'll kind of get to those the those those points that you made i i 100 agree with as far as the rest of the movie i found it to be terrifying uh hmm. i am i love snorkeling i have been i've i've been to a lot of places where i've been fortunate enough to to go on some great snorkeling trips had a lot of fun with it and everybody always tells me oh you've got to try scuba you've got to try scuba but just the idea of scuba scares me right like i know that when i'm snorkeling i dive down something happens i come up mm -hmm. but the 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 idea of snor of scuba is just horrifying to me like having all this crap strapped to you and all the ballast and stuff that balance you out to where you just can't come up immediately um the the I, you know the idea of the bends just things like that there's so yeah. many things involved in scuba that are already just innately terrifying to me and so it's something i've never been able to bring myself to do so just the fact that that this movie included a character who was vastly unprepared to mm -hmm. go on a dive like this was very was very scary to me so i was already kind of on edge and the uh, another angle of it being the urban exploration angle and just getting out and like finding these places and stuff like that i i went through i had a couple years there where i had some friends here in in alabama that we had met on a message board and we used to like track down places all over the southeast not underwater but do that and and i and i loved it so that i had an attachment to this movie and the idea that there's this guy who's just, you know, into into urban exploration and and he wants to be known for it. And he's, he's looking for the views. Right. Like which, by the way, there's a moment in this movie where he's like, Ugh, we only got 50,000 views. It's like, holy shit. Do I look forward to the day that we can be sad yeah. about only getting 50 K? Right. <laughs> um, I, I also I, I had I had a weird um, time reconciling what. um what was your name? Uh, Camille Rose character says about oh, Tina. Uh, Tina. Yeah. What, what she says about, is it Ben? Um, mm -hmm. Where uh, she's telling uh, Pierre that he is a, uh, a history buff. And that's why he wants to do um, these like, you know, uh, urban hauntings. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the connection there. And, and that to me, that was just like so indicative of what was to come where right. it was like, here's something, here's something that's totally unrelated. You figure it out. But, um, and so I, I had, I had those, I had those moments with it. And then just ultimately so much of what this boiled down to for me was this movie effectively not only created an environment where I 
felt scared constantly Mm -hmm. just because of the atmosphere. I found myself having to like pause the movie so that I could take a deep breath. I found myself breathing very shallowly while watching this movie. Uh, the, the, the idea that you could constantly hear their breathing and you know that even though you couldn't see it the whole time, this ticking clock of their oxygen percentage and you know, this idea that she's nervous. So she's using air faster than him and some stuff like that. Like that stuff was all very scary to me. And so that is why things like a giant fish swimming out of a window made me jump. Like I, that, that jump scare was effective on me because I like, I was already in a weird headspace because they were diving down and I was nervous for this girl who was lying about how long she could hold her breath. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was having these weird moments of like, would I lie about how old I, how long I can hold my breath to dive a hundred feet to make shiver better? Probably. So, you know, I like, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I just, I got into like this really weird headspace about like how personal this movie came across. Like it was made to terrify me like explicitly. And so I ended up really really liking it that is not to say that you know it look here here's my spoiler alert. i ain't dropping five on it at the end right it definitely <laughs> has its downs but i did find it to be very very scary there are some extremely flimsy elements of it um not the least of which is um the the actor who plays ben what's in james jagger his mm-hmm. acting was very stiff which caused yeah. uh, which caused act three of this movie to kind of be extraordinarily lackluster. Uh, and because he it was became, kind of hard to tell when he became another character yeah. or was possessed by another character because the delivery was the same. Yeah, exactly. And like I, and I will admit that when it reached act three, I was kind of pulled out of that atmosphere that had kept me so tense and so scared because his acting that was already bad got worse <laughs> when um when he had to when he was possessed by the house or, or or you know whatever entity was controlling the house but i just like everything was so tight like every time they were going around corners and stuff like that and like i said an element of that being i've done a lot of urban exploration in a lot of really sketchy places and so i can personally relate to how terrifying it is to have to round a corner because you just heard a weird noise and not know what's going to be there. And yes. And the thing is, whereas in the movie, it can just seem like it just falls flat because they turn the corner and nothing's there. I can relate to that in a way to be like, yeah, most of the time nothing's there, but that doesn't keep it from being scarier every time it happens. And so there were just, that's a fair point. There, there, there were just there were a lot of little like needled things at this that really just hit home with me. And so I found it I found myself very scared. Like I said, I, I mean, it's I have I have paused. I've paused movies before to kind of like take in a moment. But this is the first time since I've been since we've been doing this show that I like I said, I was literally pausing it because I was like, I need a second to breathe. And I couldn't. I I was getting into this place where I was like breathing with the breathing that you could hear on the movie. And, you know, and I was scared because I was tense. And so it's like my breathing is speeding up and and, and slowing down. And it was, but it was all very shallow. And it just like that, that element to it. I mean, 
I I thought that this was very well done. And, you know, when we get to filmmaking, there's there's not enough to be said about mm-hmm. the cinematography in this movie. But this idea for a movie just hit home for me so personally that I was able to overlook a lot of the very, very thin story elements and some things along that nature. And really just, this is one that I just kind of, uh, like I just got absorbed into and getting lost in this movie was terrifying to me. Okay. I, I definitely see that. Uh, It hit on a personal level. Right. Um, unfortunately did not hit on a personal level for me. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do understand that feeling. There's, um, there's a place here in, um, on, on the very West side of Miami, uh, like the Southwest side, uh, which is often, uh, the rumor is that it's, it's an, it's an abandoned insane asylum. And, um, they very it rarely is not, are actually sanatoriums. Yes. No, it, it, it was not. It's uh, it's an old um, like Air Force base uh, that that was you know abandoned at some point in the seventies, and um, it's uh, you know it, it was overrun. I think we by... talked about it on the trick or treat episode. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I, rem- yes, I remember talking did. about an abandoned Air Force base. Yeah, and you know, uh, for for a while, it was it was a place where um, uh, you know the the drug addicts would go and hang out. Um, I came to know about it from uh, airsofting and uh, and paintballing with friends, uh, but it was also a place where you would go to every now and then uh, with uh, with with a case of beer and, and, and a campfire. And, and it was the kind of thing where you knew that it wasn't really an old insane asylum. Right. But every time you rounded a corner in this hallway that was lit only by your flashlight and you heard the, the drip of some old water that was accumulating somewhere, it did kind of, travel down your spine yeah. and leave you cold. So I, I, I guess I can understand that. Um, I, I can understand the fear that the characters were, were in at the moment. I unfortunately had no empathy. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a much more uh, empathetic person than I am. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the story, which, um, which you just mentioned, right? Um, I think it, there's there's a rather unique premise here where uh, you have this spinoff of the, uh, you know, the, the old dark house or the cabin in the woods, right? It's this secluded house. And um, the the events that transpire in there, I would categorize as nothing short of chaos, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, very, very much. I think captured the haunted house feel in here. Um, so, uh, I, I guess, I just want to let you get to it. Does this work? Does this story work? Uh, is it believable? Is it? Is, do you buy it? And I'm not talking about the supernatural aspect, of Fair course, enough. right? Um, uh, and and most of all, did the story help? frighten you because you did mention that that you you felt frightened was the story yes. one of these things that did it for you uh honestly no the okay. the 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 story to this movie 
um, was very much in, in my opinion, it, it, it gets to that place that we've talked about before where it's like, there was, there was this idea for a movie and then, you know, they just kind of stuff story elements <laughs> into it, right? Yeah. Like this, it honestly, like you, you look at this movie, you finish watching it and you know that there wasn't somebody who sat down and was like, man, I've got this like great idea for like this family that lives in this house and they abduct children and torture them and sacrifice them to the house and all of this. And then somebody was like, that's dope. Let's put it underwater. No, like the way that this <laughs> happened was somebody was like, you know, you know, fucking rules, haunted houses. All right. Yeah. Haunted houses kick ass. Right. Okay. Check. So what are we going to do? It's like, all right, well, the found footage thing's been done, right? Paranormal activity. All right. Uh, forget that one. Uh, well, the flashback based on a true story one's been done with conjuring check. Right. Like, all right, well, we're never going to break ground like poltergeist. Ah, all right. Cross that one off. It's like, well, what's left? It's like, well, we got two options, right? We can put one of these motherfuckers in outer space or we can bury <laughs> one of these in a lake. And then somebody was like, well, we only have, you know, uh, two million dollars. I say we put one in a lake deal. And so <laughs> the so then they were like, all right, cool. So we got a haunted house in the water. Why is it haunted? I, I don't know. Right. Kids got abducted. Sure. They got figure tortured. it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they got tortured. Sure. What? Why? I don't fucking know. Right? Like, uh, there's, 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 a, there, there's a lot here, right? There, and yeah, like, there is one element of it of the story that that does add to the the fright in a little bit, and that is just how chaotic it all is, right? With uh, partially because of the water setting, with with just stuff just floating around, you know, terrifying mm -hmm. dolls. But but then like they go into the kids' room, and there's just like there's pictures of missing children just all over the place. And they never really explain any of that, you know, or like, it's like, well, if they're the ones abducting the children, why are they keeping this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, they just kind of threw a lot in there to try to build this atmosphere of a haunted house underwater. The story itself is extremely flimsy. You know, they, 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 they just found a way they created enough story elements to give you the visual elements that they want. This movie was just extremely visual. There's, there's mm -hmm. honest to God, there's, there's a cut of this movie that's just like them breathing and swimming around this house and none of the dialogue. And that's equally terrifying to me when it's all said and done, right? I think that that would have worked <laughs> a lot better, honestly. Yeah. And so, because it, there's like, there's there's just so many weird little things and then like uh, the, the 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 like i said act 3 of this movie just kind of completely falls apart right mm -hmm. suddenly we have electricity in the house we've got a projector that works underwater um we we it's just like a bucket of exposition just because <laughs> they felt like they owed it to us uh and so Act three was the first time that I was really pulled out of that atmosphere because that stuff was all just kind of blah. And so uh, when I got to that point, that's when I was, that was probably, that was really the first time when I paid any attention to the story. Cause I, I didn't care. I was like, yes, go, go scuba diving, explore the haunted house. <laughs> you know? And so, and so, and it was just like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like the, and I mean, I do love that some of the stuff that, that they just kind of threw up against the wall to see if it stuck, they never bothered trying to explain. It's like, why was that window suddenly bricked up? Like, wouldn't it have been easier to just get up there and it was closed and they couldn't pull the window open? Oh, fuck that. We're going one step further. No, it's bricked up from the outside now. 
to me that that seemed uh whether consciously or not uh like a callback to um I don't know if this miniseries was based on a book he wrote, but uh, there was this miniseries that was penned by Stephen King. I think it was called Rose Red. Rose Red, yes. Yeah, and uh, where where the house was constantly changing. Yeah. And uh, to me, it was a callback to that where it was like, you know, yes, come, let me entice you. And then it's like, but where's the room we just came through? Gone. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so – I do I do kind of admire the swing for the fences element of that type of thing because like I said it's it's easy to just get up there ah now we can't open the window it's super weird to have it bricked from the outside so you know th- there was this element of like just just if we're going to do it go big and so that that part was kind of cool but the the story here yeah it's and like I said, I opened this talking about how much I, I like the movie and I'm going to stand mm-hmm. by that. But I'm also I'm also not afraid to point out that that a lot of the of the points that I'm sure you're going to make are very valid because, yeah, the story here is is paper thin at best. Uh, Mr. Kowalski uh, chimes in. That part reminded me of the animated movie Monster House. Um, I actually really like that movie. Monster House is so spectacular. Monster like, House me, is, me and, yeah. Me and Greg got so into Monster House like this October. It was like, it was honestly <laughs> like his first scary movie. Yeah. And oh man. That's, yeah. that's a good first. Oh, that's yeah, a good I first. Thought, yeah. Yeah. I think Lincoln's first was um, Coraline. Also and first, uh, yeah, as long as you've know, never actually was, read Coraline, but that's, it was you know. uh, have not. I have okay. not. Uh, but it was too much for him at his age. It was too yeah. much for him. He was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, you, for real? Like, it's just getting started. He's like, no, no, no. So one of the things that really bugs me about anything that is scripted is the Deus Ex Machina approach to uh to writing and i feel like that was used here constantly where um this happened why i don't know but we need to stop them from leaving right this happened. why i don't know because they need to get there right um and to to me nothing sucks me out of a movie quite as much as the that deus ex machina this you know this god of the machine it's you know i'm gonna put this in here because i can because i'm the writer and because i say that this works now um you know we we've talked a lot about how you need to follow the the rules that you've established but when you don't establish rules it starts to get kind of flimsy where you know okay so so what is allowed what isn't allowed how does this house work how is it haunted is it haunted because of the satanic rituals that they were doing um or is it haunted for another reason right i have no idea and i i i'm not sure that even the writers can answer this question if they can then um it they're also the directors i think they did a shit, a shit job of translating that to the screen uh because there's a lot of potential here because the house itself i think is uh somewhat frightening uh right. and 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 this underwater aesthetic like you're right to to have all this machinery strapped upon you and and to be uh much deeper than you must be uh to to snorkel or to skin dive like that's 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 scary here's my problem 
at no point did I believe that they were deep enough that they needed to make decompression stops. Uh, right. Like at yeah. At that point, you're talking about a, like 120 feet deep. We're, this is not that deep. No, this, they were uh, not, not 98, 98 feet. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're not, I mean, you could, you might, you know, especially if you're not a seasoned diver. So, you know, let's say go ahead. Yeah. Their body's not used to it. And she's certainly not a great diver. Right. Um, you know, we, we see that in uh, both the, the bathtub scene, which was the most exciting scene for me. And um, <laughs> it was, it was uh, a good nipple. It was a good it, nipple. It, it was, it was a good tasteful nip slip. Tasteful nipple. Yeah. Uh, tasteful nipple. <laughs> um, and, um, and then the subsequent lie. And I right. was like, oh, okay. You know, there's uh, like, like you like to say all the time, there's that gun in act one. There's the gun in act one. Used yep. In act five, you know, um, I got to say, uh, to keep this thing going where you and I are like on opposite ends of the spectrum here, where I finally started to show some interest was in Act 3, <laughs> despite uh, despite um, Jagger's like atrocious acting, um, which uh, that I mean, any time he spoke, uh, I was completely sucked out of out of the film, um, but what i started to get vibes of was evil dead particularly okay. evil dead 2 um where uh, there is an established reason why the cabin starts behaving in this way you get it in evil dead 1 you also get it in evil dead 2 you know uh, things like a light bulb being filled with blood right. um you know the the music box going off the the projector going off you know all these things do start to happen here as well right uh i i think maybe in the top five greatest movie scenes do not horror just movie scenes of all time the cabin laughing with um with ash and evil yeah. dead 2 i mean that is like one of the greatest scenes of all time and you know without context it seems silly and it seems like there's no reason for this to be happening but you do understand what's going on within the larger context it's been established that these deadites are trying to drive him to insanity right why is this happening in this house why yeah you know what and and is is there a connection with uh, the montanax waking up and if so is the reason the house is haunted with the montanax are the montanax alive are right. they are they some sort of like water zombie is this like creep show and we've got like uh you know like in that that segment something to tide you over um <laughs> uh, you know uh, which is what a great fucking segment god creep show man uh, we have to do that soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's where it again started to fall apart with me. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, we're getting some evil dead vibes here. But, you know, ultimately for me, it was like, there were, it was about 30 or 40 minutes before they even got to the house. And, and it was, it was just straight drama. Right. And, and not good drama, because as we've established, the writing is not good. The acting is not good. And you've already set up and given away like you blew your load before, like bef before there was even any foreplay, because like he's talking about how this family and this thing and, you know, 50 years ago. And then he's pulling up this Wikipedia article with a little boy. And I'm like, oh, he's the fucking boy. Uh, it's, it's his fucking house. He's taking him over there. They're going to fucking eat him alive. You know, some fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. I, it, it just, to me, nothing about the story 
worked. And once it finally got started, it didn't even really get started. You know, that one jump scare with the shark or the, the eel or whatever it was that comes out of that window. Um, it, it, it didn't get me. Right. But but I, I recognized it as the signal. OK, yeah. Now the horror starts and the horror didn't start for me. Um, not when they find the bodies chained up, not when they find bits and pieces of the children and, and, you know, the pickled in the jars, not when, um, not when the house starts to, to behave funny. Right. It just, it, it, it didn't land for me. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate because I do think that the idea of this, like, um, beautifully preserved, uh, unnaturally preserved house at the bottom of a lake is rife for uh for the scares i mean you're 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 talking about you know two of the greatest scares that that people have the greatest fears that we have the the fear of 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 you know deep water and and the 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 fear of that like old dark house right it just i don't know it didn't well, it didn't work for me and and i think that one of the things about the story that is like you're talking about where it it showed promise and then didn't deliver uh, you know, like there was, it's, you know, just, just like a, a super nerdy, like horror thing that was kind of thrown in. There was, there was, you know, there was an HP Lovecraft quote in this, right. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. Yeah. Um, you know that. And so you're, so, you, so it's like, Oh, okay. So, all right. So you're, so you're starting to think Lovecraftian, right. Cause you, cause you know that feel. Yeah. Um, and then, and then what is it? And then even through aeons, even death may die is the, the rest mm -hmm. of it, I believe. But um, I mean, you're so, talking like one of the most famous Lovecraft right. quotes, you know, exactly. from his most famous story. And so, and so, I'm so, I'm, so I'm, I'm riding that wave, right? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this is where we're going. So then they, then they find the the family chained up, and then they're like, I don't know, but I bet it's got something to do with that. And they show this giant <laughs> metal thing on the floor, right, with with what they very improperly uh, labeled as a pentagram. But whatever. what the fuck was that? I don't know. It's it's like for somebody who sure had a lot of a lot of ideas of the iconography of the peace sign, that guy didn't know what a pentagram was. So yeah, yeah, your your opinion is now invalid. But <laughs> and so, but the thing was that 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 glaring, you know, just atrocity aside of calling it a pentagram. I'm still thinking, okay, at some point, right, we're gonna we're gonna move that big metal door in the ground and we're gonna find the hell mouth that yeah. is, you know, that this house is sitting on. That's what that's why they put the Lovecraft quote in there, right? Because that's what this is about. This house is on a hell mouth. And then it's like later on, you even get an opportunity for him to go behind a secret door. But it's just behind like a fucking it was like a card catalog from a library or something. <laughs> and it's like, why did you tease the giant door on the ground? Just to throw this card catalog out of the way and then swim through to some like 70s and there's, there's film this, theater. There's this giant crucifix right in front of it. It's like they're clearly marking this as like, don't go in there. Also, like fucking white nonsense, right? <laughs> like at what point, at what point do you say, no, that's a yeah. trap? I, I literally said out loud, hmm, I'm pretty sure that means you don't go in there. Like, yeah, somebody bars, <laughs> somebody bars the door that's like, hmm. I don't want I, whatever's in there out. When I they bar a door a with the major. crucifix, yeah, you bar a door with the crucifix. That's like, look, this is a no in or out thing. Nobody <laughs> should mess with this. Right? Like, especially the biggest damn crucifix I've ever seen outside of a Catholic church. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, but that, that part really left me wanting because I was so ready for this idea of the house being some, you know, some gateway to the, to the great beyond because of that Lovecraft quote. And then it just kind of felt cheap where it was like, ah, this son of a bitch just threw a Lovecraft quote in here and did for no not reason. Yeah, yeah. And like, and you're, you, you want to talk about respecting the rules, right? It's like, if you're going to use a Lovecraft quote, give me something Lovecraftian. And, and they didn't do that. And that was very disappointing because as soon as I saw the big metal floor on the door, I, the big metal door on the floor, I just knew that's what it was going to be. Yeah. And, and then, and then they were just like, Oh yeah, forget about that. We, and we said even it. It's fine. if we'd only gotten a glimpse of some, uh, ancient one. Yes. Right, at the end, fuck, it might've been worth it because it, it would have made sense then. Right. That something in the, uh, in the ether was controlling this. Um, I, I think that that's something that cabin in the woods does quite well. Right. Where where it's like, no, no, it's it's not this. And the protagonists don't believe that there is this, you know, incredible force of, uh, you know, ancient monsters that like will fuck you up, will fuck up <laughs> all of reality if you don't appease them. And they all die. <laughs> You yeah. know, like that's that's an ending where like it's not a happy ending, uh, just like this one, right? But this one was senseless for me. Yeah. Because it's like, well, then what's the what's the point? Right? You've also broken the rule of the final girl. And it's okay if you break that rule of of having the final girl. You don't have to have a final girl, but there should be a reason why you don't have a final girl. And I feel like her survival, um, although not necessary for the story would have at least given some hope at the end of the movie. Well, and you know, the, the post credit scene did kind of feed into this idea of mm -hmm. the house being an entity that had to be fed. And, you know, because you see Pierre roll up to the lake with two more girls who are just kind of, you know, staring but at was it, it the house or his parents? Right. And, and that's, that's what was never stopped. I kind of, because of the, because and if it's the, his parents, they're locked away and it doesn't really right. matter Be, because of the bricked window, because of the electricity that was suddenly restored to the house. The fact that the house could actively kind of, it, the house did seem to fight back in separating them when they tried to swim up the chimney. Yeah. Um, you know, I did kind of start to buy into this idea of the fact that the house had to be fed. And I'm, 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 I am still kind of clutching this idea of, you know, of it being some part of a grander thing because of that metal on the floor. And that is why I'm so disappointed that they didn't explore it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the house, right. And, you know, we've referred to it as an old dark house. We've called it the cabin in the woods, you know, and, and all of these things always function similarly but not to the exact extent of each other. So when you're just looking at, and I'm terrible with French, so I'm going to attempt to say Montagnac Manor, um, and and I think the, that's the, fine. yeah, and the family themselves. Like when you're, but when you're looking at the house, just what we were given for where this movie takes place, you know, what do you think about it as to how it adds to to the 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 scares found in this? And and honestly, like, how do you think it as a setting compares to some of these other films that we've referenced? I think that as a setting, it's fantastic. Um, and I think that 
the uh, Montanacs, Montagnacs, um, however it is that you say it, um, I think that they're good villains that aren't explored. Um, right. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I would actually love to see uh, almost like a um, some kind of wonderful situation. <laughs> okay. You know, where, um, you know, uh, very well known, the pretty in pink and some kind of wonderful are the same exact movie. Right. Uh, John Hughes didn't like that uh, the studio forced him to change the ending of the movie. And so he reshot the movie with different actors and uh, gender swapped the roles. Right. Uh, so that it was different enough that maybe right. some people might not notice. And he gave it the ending that he originally wanted. And I would love to see a situation like that here where the the premise of the movie, the setting of the movie is revisited and we get to see this done in a way that I think is really shows the house for the 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 horrifying place that it is. Right. Because uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but when you mentioned the the way it frightened you earlier it was the thought of being alone and underwater yeah right it wasn't the house itself because i don't think the house itself is presented in a way that makes it scary yeah uh, no it's it's true i mean you could have you could have done something very similar to this movie in, in a cave for me and i would have got you know in in a in a series of caves and i would have got the mm -hmm. i would have got the same sense of dread yeah so i i think that you know uh, with the exception of floating furniture and um props this idea of the the sunken haunted house is not really explored um which is unfortunate because I, I do think that, I mean, the first thing they come upon is a crypt. Right. I mean, if, if that's not, you know, uh, trying to let you know that like, you know, beyond here, there be death. I don't know what does, you know, so, so there, there, there is a lot of thought that went into this. Um, I just don't know that enough thought went into how they were going to present this because I, I do think that the setting is quite great. And I do like the idea of this family of mass murderers that are possibly sacrificing children to a, a, like a greater God or gods or something. Right. Uh, I do like the idea that there's something going on there, you know, kind of similar to uh, we talked about this with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three kind of goes into into this premise uh, or four. Sorry four uh, the the new generation, the new generation. Yeah. Yeah. It goes goes into this a little bit where there there's like a government conspiracy behind the Sawyers and there's a reason for, you know, their. Uh, cannibalism and they're mass murdering um, and it's out there, but it's interesting, right? right. I, I would love to see that explored here. I would love to see a redux where we, we, we really get to see a lot of this stuff explored in a way that I think is shot in a scary way where it's not just the horror of being underwater. Cause I really do think they got that. They got, they got the, the horror of being underwater, but, you know, it's it, to me, it's no different than being in outer space. I mean, you can't breathe, right? You know, um, you know, and and that's it's it's fascinating, 
it's fascinating and, and, and it's terrifying. And um, I mean, even without the house, there's some really scary things down there. I mean, have you seen a fucking anglerfish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am terrified that one of those things is going to come and bite my dick off. You know, uh, it's, it's the reason why I don't deep sea dive. So, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> well, and I mean, there's, you know, the, the comparison to outer space. So like I said, well, well, you know, I even made it earlier, but there's, there is one extra element to it that, that kind of makes it a little scary. And that's the fact that scuba diving is something that is accessible to the common mm -hmm. man. Right. So, so I do think that, that, that kind of adds to it, but there's something funny about now, like I said, that I did say, you know, you could place this in a cave and, and that that sense of dread that I had would be the same. There is something super endearing about the house to me. And that is the fact that it's decorated like a corny haunted house. And by that, I mean like a it's October and somebody just sprung up in a warehouse and is and built a haunted house because that's what people do in October. Chandeliers. Yeah, chandeliers. The, the, the pictures of the kids just randomly stabbed, jars of body parts. That I did while, like that. Yeah, like you know, so it's like while it's while it's kind of laughable in like in like a budget film, right? There's mm -hmm. There's this, there's this part of me that loves that. For years, uh, my school's fall festival, I was in charge of building the haunted house, and we would take a couple of classrooms in the school and and you know just and hang black sheeting and stuff like that, or did it in a portable one time, just stuff like that where we were, you know, and there's and but you know, and that's what you do. And so there's there's something kind of endearing to me, to me of that because I've been in that position before where it's like. I've got this really loose idea for the haunted house this year, right? Like it's a farmhouse. All right, let's go with that. Right. Like, you know, that, that's it. That's all I've got. It's like, it's a farmhouse. So I'm going to wear overalls and um, I don't know somebody gets some hay, I guess. Like, you know, and you, and, you know, and you just, you just try to like, you're just like, you're just coming up with stuff. And, and while, like I said, th there is part of it that's goofy to see it in a, in a major motion film, I do kind of love that that was the approach they took to decorating this place because the first, the only two, the only two places in this entire house that seemed intentional in the way they were designed were the, the murder basement um, where yep. we find the family chained up. And the, like I said, the, the like seventies, stag party theater that they had behind the hidden door. Those were the only two rooms that were that seemed intentionally designed. Everything Those leather else, seats were not even the slightest bit cracked. It was so where great. do they source their leather? It felt it felt like shining and rose red levels of out of place, didn't it? Like <laughs> like to every you know and like it was and it was also the only room where like there was still like paint on the walls that seemed to affect the mm -hmm. coloring of anything and and it was it was so shocking that there was I I my brain couldn't decide if I'd been sucked out of the moment or if I was terrified that this one room had been so well preserved. Um, but just you know, and they're like, all right, we got a bedroom, right? We hang a canopy. So so you you know, like when you do those haunted houses, you you start you know, it's it's all just ideas that you put together. So it's like, all right, bedroom, uh, all right, canopy because it's a girl's bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it would be a great gag we could get a silhouette in there, but then when you open the curtain, it's gone. And there's this super <laughs> low budget love 
that I found in the set design in this movie because those are the that was something else that was never explained. Yeah, Where no. does the daughter come from? Mm, no idea. Uh, she was just around, <laughs> but and so you know, but so when I when I looked at the setting. I did. I, this was something that just occurred to me today, really, when you sent me the show notes and I really started to. And my first thought was like, all right, the house is kind of cool. But and I was like, it was chaos. And then I was like, man, how many haunted houses have I built that I solely tried to build fear on chaos? If you're mm -hmm. never if you never know what's coming next, if you're never allowed to get comfortable, then that creates scary elements. And then if you put people on edge, jump scares are cheap. And they're, they're easy when people aren't comfortable. And so I found it, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things, you know, we always, we always look at these movies and there's always something that surface level is something that is ridiculous, right? Uh, especially a lot of the older ones that, that, that we do. There's something that the surface level, just barely paying attention to fan of a movie or not fan of a movie, but uh, viewer of a movie is going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. That's kind of dumb. But there's always something that we have some tie to, right? Like when we talked about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, it's like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of this is awful. But also, you know, like scares like this and, and props like that, that type of stuff speaks to the kid in me that was a horror fan. Okay. This the the setting in this spoke to the guy who's been to a million you know Halloween haunted houses and built a bunch of them with the intentions of scaring elementary school kids you know <laughs> so like so that that the chaos of what was in that house i was just like okay i dig this i see what you did you had an area and you just had to do what you could to make it scary and 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 i can vibe with that like so while I do think that the, the tightness and stuff like that wasn't specific to the house, a lot of the really random and bizarre things, while they might not have been super scary, they, they warmed my heart and they, they, they made me feel, they made yeah. me feel like, you know, so that, that, that this is something that is accessible, you know, that, that that's, that's just the idea of just being uncomfortable is universally scary. And that, that if you can just kind of create chaos that you can create fear. And, and I, I ended up really, really liking that stuff. You know, I knocked on the, the pictures of the missing kids all over the place for no reason, but yeah, like that's the type of thing that I would do. Right. Like I would, <laughs> I would literally it's like take, the house of a thousand corpses. Yeah. Like I would of filmmaking. Like, does it make sense? No. no. Did it frighten you? Maybe. I would, I would literally, while building these haunted houses, I would literally take yearbook photos of like, of kids from the school and like staple them to walls and then just like put red <laughs> handprints on them. So that's going to scare the fuck out of them, you know, just like, just giant red paint handprint or like X's on like teachers faces and shit, just cause it's like, because you, you're familiar with it and then you're uncomfortable with it. And so it was that part of it was low budget, but that was fun for me. So I did really like that setting at that part of the setting element of it. And I just, I don't know the, 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 the manner for me was, it was endearing and I did really, really like it. I, I, you have a point there. I do like the, uh, the creepy and kooky part of the house, you know, uh, cause like think about it, like the Adams family house, for example, yeah. if you were to walk into the Adams family house for real, like someone invited you into your home and that was the home. You'd be fucking like terrified. Yeah. There's a fucking bear that growls. 
as you yeah, step on yeah, it. Right. You know, there, there's a lion in the corner. Why is there a lion? I don't know, but it's fucking there. Yeah, you know, it's a lion. Hmm. so yeah. Now, as you were talking, uh, there something did occur to me. They could get the Montanex. They could get out of the chains at any time, right? It would seem so. Why then would they be in their own home in chains and masks? And so and, you and know, behind like a close like a bar. And, and so I kept one thing that I kept going back to in this movie as they as they tried to get out and they couldn't. Um brick wall aside that, that suddenly mm-hmm. appears over the window. One thing that kept occurring to me was that this house was shuttered to keep whatever was in in it was not shuttered to keep people out and so i guess there's kind of this element of like without fresh life you know being breathed into the house that maybe they need it maybe they need that energy to to kind of exist right because they said there weren't even fish in there um, except for that one that they follow at one point. So there's, to me, there was this idea of if you look at if you look at the the concept of all life as as energy, you mm-hmm. know. So the house just kind of sits there, and maybe they're in the chains when there's nothing there because that kind of keeps them in place. It keeps them from just you know bumping into things and ruining the house. But then once they came in the the idea of life and you know they've already they've already sucked all the life out of all the fish and anything that might have gone in there but now people coming in has reinvigorated the house like in dr sleep when he returns to the overlook and just everything turns on just walking inside the overlook everything starts turning back on because if it is the house that's keeping them alive that's that's doing these things then the house may need life coming into it to get them to and then the house brings them to life and to do its bidding because the house can only do so much to kill you the house is what seemed to move those chains and stab her in the and stab tina in the leg that seemed to be the workings of the house the music that started playing that only she could hear that seemed Mm -hmm. to be the workings of the house so there's an idea there that the montagnacs are just vessels that the house controls and that's why they're able to just walk um through the house they don't have to swim because there is a supernatural element of them just being puppeted by the house and when live people come in the house has now got energy to draw from and can bring them to life and use them to do its bidding which seems to be to bring more people into the fold I think that's flimsy, but it's, a, <laughs> but it's a hell of a lot better than anything they gave us in the movie. So I, I have to applaud you for that. Um, and, and and I think the writer should be sending you a check, honestly, um, because because um, you almost had me. Oh, almost. <laughs> you, you almost had missed me. it by that much. <laughs> Um, I think one of the things that you can't take away from this movie, um, not even me with my, uh, I I would call very negative outlook on this movie, (laughs) um, is the, um, the, the technical side of this, the filmmaking side of this, uh, underwater, uh, film photography, 
it's a challenge, yes. right? There's a reason why uh, something like Titanic took so many years to make, right? Um, uh, there's a reason why movies like The Abyss took so long to make. Um, and it's not just because um, James Cameron is is a god and, <laughs> and because he refuses to do anything less than perfect. Correct. Uh, it's because working underwater is difficult, right? Um, so this movie spent about half its running time underwater right um so simply put is it well done because just because it's done underwater it doesn't mean it's well done so is it well done and does it help elevate the film beyond just it being well here's a scary movie that's underwater um i think that you would be uh, you'd you you'd have to be a fool to say that it wasn't well done. Like, regardless of what you think of this movie, if you walk away from this thinking that the camera work was was shoddy and that they could have done a better job shooting this thing underwater, then you're 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 wrong and I'll die on that hill. Um, Jacques Ballard <laughs> was the was the director of photography for this. Um, his his IMDB is not huge, but it uh, almost all of it involves um, uh, underwater photography, um, including doing a music video and some stuff like that. Hmm. Um, I I was I, I'm not a I'm not like a theater guy. You know, I did some high school theater, um, but I am fully aware of the fact that blocking is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. And blocking underwater, I can only imagine, is infinitely more difficult. Mm -hmm. And so... To you're trying to light things that like yes. aren't static. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like you're 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 trying to shine light in places that actively exist to not have light in them. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you look at some of the things that they do in this movie, um, we always talk about following their own rules. I do wish that they'd been either more strict or more lenient with their where cameras exist rule, because mm -hmm. when they were underwater, the one thing I will say is 90% of the time underwater, they did very much stick to their rule of the cameras where their helmet cams, two helmet cams, the drone and the handheld camera that, um, that the dude had, like mm -hmm. we did only get those four cameras for most of those underwater shots. Um, and so they did a really, they did a good job with that. And I can understand the couple of times that they had to pull away from that for effect. But I mean, there were so many things that were so masterfully, masterfully done. The scene when, um, when Ben is, uh, he, he, uh, Tina has just stabbed him with his diving mm -hmm. knife and that's kind of brought him out of it. And he, she's trying to convince him, like, look, we can still get out of this. Leave with me. And um, the girl, Sarah, I think her name was, um, sure. pulls the diving knife out and then just stabs him a bunch of times. And it's like, well, that's the end of Ben. But mm. they did this amazing shot where you watch him disappear into yeah. this darkness that where the water is simultaneously turning red from his blood. And you're just watching him fade to this one solo point of light behind him. That was gorgeous. Um, if there's anything award-worthy about this film, it's 
that amazing shot at the very end when she escapes the crypt and she's starting to swim up toward the surface and the camera keeps pulling back further and further and further and you get more and more and more of an idea of how tiny she is in the grand scheme of just this lake. We're not even talking oceans. This is a mm -hmm. lake in France and you're suddenly reminded that, that a person is, is this in that lake. And that shot, like... You know, I don't, I don't have the biggest TV in the world, but for, you know, for, for the size of my TV to just see the girl be this big and everything else just be the blue abyss of this lake was just horrifying and gorgeous. And they just, they did so many really cool things with, with all of that, that, that I think that the way the movie was shot is definitely somewhere where you can't really take anything away from it. I agree for, for all this movie's faults, you cannot fault it here. Um, I will say, and I don't think that it's a, um, it's a cinematography thing. I think that it's either editing or it was a stylistic choice for, for the horror that, that was done. And this is something that uh, happens in action movies all the time um as of late like uh, the very shaky yeah um you know like it was really difficult to see what was going on when uh the the house suddenly came to life and she was skewered by the chains you know i um i, I watched this movie with my son uh, that's, that's how not scary this was. <laughs> um, and, and he was not terrified at all. In fact, he didn't like it either. Uh, he turned to me and he said, did you like this? And I said, not at all, kid. And he was like, I didn't either. <laughs> he told me, I hope Daniel doesn't like it either. I said, no, I hope I, I said, I hope he does. That way we have some good discussion about this. Um, he's that weird. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I remember that scene came on and he turned to me, he said, what just happened? I said, I don't know. Do you know? Because I would really like to know what just happened here. So there were some times where I think in an effort to try to, um, bring the horror in chaos and like, we have no idea what's going on right now. And we're just as lost as Tina is. Um, it just created confusion instead right. of of horror and that's that's a fine line that you have to to toe when you do that and i think it's always better to err on the side of caution and show more so that uh or at least contextualize more also also that scene is a is a glowing example of that idea of they didn't even really know what their rules were because then when she recovers from it ben didn't experience any of it even though mm -hmm. he was there and yeah. so that, that was another moment where it's like, okay, they're not even a hundred percent sure. Like what the rules of this house are like, if it can, is it inside her head? Like there, yeah. there, there was there, that, that scene. Yeah. That, that, that scene definitely had some major flaws. And the, the, the drones light turning red seemed to be an indication that something was happening. Right. Um, except that when the drones light turns red again, like nothing really happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could so, not figure so there, out why there, the light Yeah, I, I was, and, and that's another thing that did kind of confuse me. Uh, but I, I guess that's that's more of a story element than it is a, a, a filmmaking element, like a like a technical element. Uh, as as far as the the photography goes, I mean this this is some really spectacular film photography. I think that the last time underwater film photography was uh, this impressive for me was honestly like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, yeah. 
I, I got some major Creature from the Black Lagoon vibes here as, as they were, especially as they were swimming up to the home. Um, yeah, like so, I when when the when the movie very yeah like when you very get that very first like underwater scene, you immediately know like how precise the underwater photography is going to be because just them approaching the house was so well shot. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I did enjoy this part of it. Yeah, there's um there's a there's a really. I don't want to say underrated because I think it might just be properly rated, but in a not spoken about <laughs> film, uh, Oliver Stone film um, that, that I like, it's not a great movie, but it's a fun watch called Savages. Um, but uh, I Savages, know which one you're talking about. Sav Savages, Savages got like one really great, like underwater scene. Um, <laughs> that was, that was one that I kept going back to when I was thinking about how good the, the underwater photography was, um, was I, I was thinking uh, like, I, I didn't quite go back as far back as creature from the black lagoon. Um, Savages was 2012, but um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you tend to remember when you see a movie where something like that is so well done because it is, not something that's done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So right. we've reached the point now where it's time that we rate this movie. Now, for anybody who may be new, or if you just need a quick reminder, we do want to let you know that we only rate a movie against itself. Therefore, every movie that we rate, we create a unique rating system. If we use stars, everything would be against each other. Right now, we're just doing it based on how much we liked this movie. And if there is any standout imagery from this movie it would be the fact that somebody blocked a whole ass door with the biggest crucifix <laughs> ever so out of a possible five crucifix blocked doors what do you give the deep house dave i don't know man um i've been going back and forth on this and the 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 sort of um standard that i've been using is um we have to do something did i like this more or less than we have to do something and honestly aside from the technical aspect of this movie which we have to do something also had some you know technical prowess to it right uh, not as much as this but you know it was a well-made movie uh aside from the technical side of this I don't think there's a single thing I really liked about this movie. Um, so I have to give props to the, the, the technical filmmaking that was a, a standout. Uh, I think that the setting, uh, although misused and, you know, largely unexplored, I think was well done. Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting setting um, and, and the Montagnacs themselves are interesting villains. So, um, so I, I, I can't leave this as low as one, but I certainly don't feel well enough about this to, to go up to two. I think I'm going to sit at a solid one and a half, uh, crucifix block doors. Um, and, and I feel much better about this than I did giving one and a half uh demon dog tongues to <laughs> um to we have to do something so um i you know i i made it known at the top i was definitely gonna go higher than you on this one now i'm not gonna start riding into that that upper echelon of of fours and and four and a halves 
but there there's a lot of this movie that that hit that the the atmosphere the dread of of running out of air i i grew up on the beach um i i, I grew up surfing i've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time since i've been in the southeast um doing um you know uh whitewater rafting uh and stuff stuff like that um up in tennessee uh drowning is legitimately like one of my top fears um because in multiple situations i've 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 hit those i've hit those those moments where you almost it's called intermittent drowning where it's like you're not Mm -hmm. underwater the whole time but you never get a chance to get a breath like I've, i've had some serious scares with that and so just being underwater scuba that that element is just terrifying to me the I love the urban the urban exploration angle of this and and going out and finding places to to be scared or just to explore them and prove that they're not scary. I do like that a lot. So th- there are a lot of things that I really liked about this. The chaos of of all of the props in this was was good for me. So I am going to sit comfortably at three and a half uh, crucifix block doors. With this one, um, I feel like I, I would maybe recommend it to somebody, not like a not as like a serious like holy shit, you have got to watch this recommendation, but like uh, I don't know, man, is it is it Friday and you've already had like four and you're just looking for something <laughs> to put up that might kind of scare you that you can just kind of halfway pay attention to, but that I think you'd enjoy. I do think that I would kind of widely give that recommendation. I think that there's. I think that there's a really wide swath of people who could find the same sense of dread and terror in the in the setting and in the underwater element to it that that they could find that to be scary as well. So with the you know with that idea of what I recommended, did it scare me? Yes. Stories flimsy. Definitely some work to be done. And you're right. The 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 movie could have definitely explored the house a little bit more, especially when. You make a point of saying you've got an hour of air. When you say that to me, when when you say that as a line of dialogue, I want an hour of underwater footage. Like that's just that's what I'm looking for. And yeah. and they 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 didn't hit that mark because as soon as he said that, I was like, all right, when they go underwater, I want to know. Do I have an hour of this movie left? I did not. And no, and so, I and I checked. I checked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you know, I I wanted that, um, but. I think I think three and a half is is where I feel really comfortable with this because I did enjoy it. I, I feel like I would I would watch it again, um, and just kind of now that I know what's happening, look for some more intricacies in the in the chaos that was the the manor. So I'm gonna go three and a half crucifix block doors. All right. Well, you heard it here first. The deep house gets a, uh, a resounding two and a half, two and a half uh, not stars. Two and a half crucifix block doors, um, and um, I, th- I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, and I, and I think that I think that when you're, I think that the two and a half that that rides the midline between us, because I feel like people are gonna be in one of our camps. I feel like yeah. they're gonna not be scared by by it like you, or they're going to find some sort of weird headspace to live in for an hour and 20 minutes during this movie <laughs> that scares them. And so the, the midline between those two, I think hits the nail on the head. It does. It does. 
so for those of you that stuck with us the entire episode, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you were not listening live, why are you not listening live? Come and join us live on YouTube or Facebook, and that way you can comment like my friend and yours, Mr. Kowalski, and, uh, and, and have your voice heard and interact with us. I promise we don't bite. Um, not not unlike the the montagnacs um i don't know if they bit but they definitely <laughs> cut um, they definitely cut they definitely cut um so if you enjoyed this show you should check out some of the other mount uh not mount anything a uh, geek bro network shows like mount geekmore like what's up bro like uh oh we've got frank in here uh good vibes you got this i like that um like what's up bro like uh comedy fitness um like seasons a tv podcast crimacopia our sister podcast kick flicks dose of ellie and better let me tell you yeah you can find them all where daniel you can find them all at geekbro.net. If you head over there, you'll find our page as well as all of those others. Or if you're looking for us specifically, we are on all social media at ShiverPod. We've been doing a lot to uh, keep our Instagram. <coughs> excuse me. We've been doing a lot to keep our Instagram more uh, interactive. We've got a we bunch nothing. of that, That's all you. Da- <laughs> Daniel is is our social media guru. So come come see some of the stuff. He's rather funny. I'm 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 trying I'm I've I've reached the point now where I'm having a lot of fun with it today today uh I, I you know we're we're trying to keep you up to date on what we've got going on we have been a little slow with the April calendar like these past couple of weeks have just kind of been one thing after another for me so um we are going to come up with the rest of our April calendar that will come out we always try to give you a couple of days notice about what movie we're going to be watching and if it's streaming anywhere, I do always try to make sure you know where you could watch it for mm-hmm. free if you want to join in. Because if you're watching us live, like Mr. Kowalski over here, you can comment. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you. To all of our new followers, if you're listening, um, we have found the the horror movie family out there in on social media is spectacular. Yeah. They've all been great with um, getting out there and, and liking our picks and following us and leaving comments and stuff like that. We've, we've started to have some really good interaction with a lot of people. Um, shout out to uh, hi. My name is Chucky. I believe is the, or <laughs> hi, I am Chucky um, is uh, is an Instagram uh, account out there that went and literally liked every one of our photos from the past 12 months. So um, we're, we're, we're doing something right. So um, make sure that you check us out on all the social media at ShiverPod. And also don't forget if you head to T Public and you do a search for Geek Bro, you can buy merchandise with our logo all over it. Like Dave's beautiful coffee mug that you can see here if you are watching the video cast. They've got t-shirts. They've got pillows. You can order it all. And it will have our stellar logo. I mean, the, the logo for the show is just absolutely amazing. And it is great. So you can get that put on just about anything you can imagine if you head to Tee Public, Or, you know, you can find a lot of other cool stuff there too. But, you know, check out Geek Bro and, and buy our stuff. And uh, speaking of doing something right. Next episode is episode 50. Really? We we are we are reaching that that halfway to 100. I I I think we should do something rather special. And I'm not sure what we should do yet. Daniel and I haven't discussed this, but it just occurred to me right now as I'm looking at the top corner of my screen and it says Shiver 49, the Deep House. The next one's 50. We got we we got to do something big. 
We got to do something. Yeah. So if you're following us on that social media, you will know as soon as we know. <laughs> because yeah. like I said, this, hopefully someone knows. Yeah. Someone <laughs> will figure it out before next Wednesday. Right. But if you're like, and like we said, if you're listening to the podcast, um, if you're on Spotify, you can rate podcast. You can rate podcasts now. So make sure if you've enjoyed the show, you give us that four or five star rating. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, fright you very much.